0: Thanks, Pastor Doug. So I'm going to have Autumn come up and read uh, probably my favorite uh, passage in the whole Bible. Um, And I'll explain why it's my favorite one. It may not be the most biblical reason why it's my favorite one, but we'll get into that after uh, Autumn comes up and reads here. Uh, So she's going to be reading from the NIV, and she's going to be reading uh, Psalms 139. All right, Psalms
1: 139. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my beds in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me you are! or sorry. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God? How vast is the sum of them? Where can I? Where do I count them? Wait, wait. Oh, were I to count them. They would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, your bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the ways of the everlasting.
0: Thanks, Autumn. So, like I said, um, this is one of my favorite passages, and the reason why it's my favorite passage actually has not much to do with why it is such an amazing chapter, and how we see God's presence, and how we get to know um, who God is, but... When I was in high school, I was taking Psych 30 and my psych teacher challenged us to memorize this verse, and or this, this actual whole passage. And so I memorized it, I was the first one in my class, and I'm like, I'm ready to recite it. And so I come up there and I recite it and I do such an awesome, passionate job that the instructor, who was also the director of the play that year. Gave me a, a, a part in the, in the dessert theater right there on the spot, even though he'd cut me from the, from the tryouts a week earlier. <laughs> so that's why it's one of my favorite passages. But the thing is, I find myself always drawn back to this passage. It has helped me and comforted me when I felt lost, when I felt depressed, when I've been lonely. This passage has also taught me about the character of God and how everything, and that he knows everything, and even with that knowledge, he still passionately desires us. I'm going to read the passage again, but this time, instead of the 1986 version of the NIV, um, I'm going to read it in the modern The Passion Translation. Lord you know everything there is to know about me you perceive every movement of my heart and soul you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind you are so intimately aware you are so intimately aware of me lord you read my heart like an open book you know all the words that I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I'm going to take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future and prepared the way in the kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. You have laid your hand upon me. This is too wonderful, deep, incomprehensible to understand your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I run and hide from your face? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly on the wings into the shining dawn, you are there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It is impossible to disappear from you, to ask the darkness to hide me. Your presence is everywhere bringing light into the night, into my night there's such there's there is no such thing as darkness with you the night to you is as bright as day there is no difference between the two you formed my innermost being you shaped my delicate inside and my intricate outside you wove all of them together in my mother's womb i thank you god for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything I do is marvelously, everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. Simply amazing to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You formed every bone in my body. You've created me in that secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I even seen the light of day, the numbers of the days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment, you are thinking of me. How precious, how wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in every thought. O oh God, you desires, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. O oh God, come and slay these bloodthirsty, murderous men, for I cry out, Depart from me, you wicked ones. See how they blaspheme your sacred name and lift up themselves against you, but all in vain. Lord, can you not see how I despise those who despise you? For I grieve when I see them raise up against you. I have nothing but complete hatred and disgust for them. Your enemies shall be my enemies. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart to examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me and put it to the test. Sift through all my anxious cares and see if there's any path of pain I am walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting way to the path it brings me back to you. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. Now, I'm going to give you a vocabulary word. So the next time we're in Bible study or your next conversation at work, you can bring it up and impress everybody. It's spelled omniscience. <laughs> it's not said that. How is it said, Jamie? Omniscience is the way you actually say it. And what this means is that God is all-knowing in the sense that he is aware of the past, the present, and the future. There's nothing that surprises him. His knowledge is total. He knows all that there is to know and all that can be known. But, This is not the word in Greek that we use for intellectual knowledge. When we use the word know here, it's the Hebrew word that Adam knew Eve. Is it intimacy that he has knowledge of you? The intimacy is more than my wife knowing myself. Now, I don't know if you've had this, but for myself, there's been some times when I've gone to the grocery store and I'm about to buy the whole milk, but I don't drink whole milk. I drink skim milk. Well, I don't don't drink any milk. And I sit there, and I'm going to buy maybe some chocolate almonds because I need milk. And in my mind, I already know the argument that we're going to have when I get home about what we're going to spend. And I sit there, and I go through all the arguments, and even though she has won the argument even though she doesn't even know that she's won the argument. (laughs) She still won it. God knows every word you're about to say. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. You know all the words I'm about to speak before even I utter a sentence. Now, we've been watching uh, a very sound biblical teaching, not really. Uh, we've been wa- in the Marvel Universe, um, and we've been watching the new Loki series with Autumn and Alexis and Jamie. And the TVA, the Time I can't, uh, adver- yeah, Time Variance Agency, um, they arrest uh, Loki. And as he's going through the process of judgment, he goes into this room with this huge stack of paper that was printed out on a dot matrix printer, which is awesome in the first place. And the guy's like, please sign on the dotted line to confirm that this is every word you've ever uttered. And Loki's answer to that is, what? And then all of a sudden, zzz, another piece of paper comes out, and it's like, what? Another a signature, right? I kind of wonder if that's how it's going to be, and what is meant in Matthew twelve thirty six. But I tell you that everyone will give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've ever spoken. But seriously, I believe this is more of his knowledge of you is so intimately in intimate that he knows every thought. Last week, Pastor Doug shared how when they were finally going to take take him off the ventilator and take all those tubes out of it, out of his body, all he wanted to do was cry out the name of Jesus. I imagine it like this. The dog is struggling to gain the strength to even muster the words and he doesn't even say it right. I don't know if it's a Jebus or Jesus. <laughs> but the Spirit of God is in the room with him and letting him know that he knows. He knows what he's intending to say, what he's meaning to say. He knows his heart. He knows his desire. He knows you. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand every thought before it enters my mind. My wife is laughing. That's going to make this whole next part less impactful. Anyways, this is just too wonderful, deep, incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. We know our minds are wicked. Sometimes we just have thoughts that are just not of God. There's things we've said in anger. There's things we've we've uttered. Our mind has gone places that it shouldn't have gone. Knowing all this, God still loves us so much that he sent his son to take our place and give us life and save us. This, his knowledge is linked to his compassion. I like this song. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The father turns his face away. And as the wounds which mar the chosen one, it brings so many sons to glory. The more that we, I think about this song, and the understanding of how much he knows us, how much more we didn't deserve this gift of salvation. But it's clear that this is just too wonderful, deep, incomprehensible, that the creator of the universe, knowing all things, And how I would struggle through life. And how I would even use his name in vain. Would give up his only son for me. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I run and hide from your face? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I... Go down to the realm of the dead. You're there too. If I fly on the wings into the shining dawn, you are there. If I fly into the radiant sun, you're there waiting. Now your next vocabulary word. Omnipresence. This is what we'll be using in the next Bible study. For words, we'll be using the new vocabulary brought to you by Tyson. Anyways, um, this means that he's all-present. This term means that God is capable of being everywhere and anywhere all at the same time. This means that his divine presence is compressed, comprises of the whole universe. There is no local place where he does not inhabit. Omnipresent indicates that God is distinct from the universe, but inhabits it entirely. He is everywhere at once. But when David was writing this psalm, he wasn't writing this as a theological discussion, so we could use great words like omniscience and omnipresence. But in his experience wherever he found himself, God was there. If he was running from Saul, even if he was backsliding and killing someone, God was there. Encouraging them to come back. Sending people in his path to make sure that he knew that God still loves him. Where can I go? Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you. To ask the darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere. Bringing light into my night. There's no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as day. There's no difference between the two. It's impossible to disappear from you. To Ask the darkness to hide me. Have you been there? Have you been there when you ask God, what do I even do? How do I deal with this? Have you been there when everything is darkness around you? We're only seconds away, any time, or point of our life, from everything becoming dark in our life. The light, the happiness, the health, the contentment, the peace. Anything based on our circumstances can be gone in a second. And all you can do when the light becomes darkness around you and the darkness overwhelms you is cry out. For your presence is everywhere. Bringing light into my night. I don't know what you've been through. I don't have the experience that you've had. I don't know how dark the night is for you. But I'm telling you that the creator of light is the God of human darkness you trust in him no matter what their circumstance he'll make it light in your heart again now don't hear what what people preach don't hear the prosperity gospel that all you have to have is enough faith that all you need is to believe enough that he'll heal all wounds because he may not take the cancer away He may not restore the marriage. He may not fix the problem or even change your current circumstance. But all these things are not even close to the intimacy you have with your Creator. You and God are the majority in your circumstances. ask the darkness to hide me. I've run from God. I've tried. Good luck. You can't. I love that God uses imperfect people to move his kingdom forward. To have Peter in one sentence say, you are the son of the living God. And in the next sentence, Jesus say, away from me, Satan!" For Paul to crucify, or not crucify, but to stone people. To passionately go after those who are trying to corrupt his religion. And God to have an encounter with him and change it all. And most of our letters that we read in the New Testament is written by a man who persecuted the church. God's not done with you. No circumstance can take you away from Him. No heartache, no loss, no no not even a step of your own will can take you away from Him. You can choose not to follow the path that He has put for you, and that's your choice. But it's wrong. He passionately pursues you. Look at David. What a great example. The one who wrote this. God was not done with him. He killed a man. And God reconciled him and even said that David is a man after his own heart. Sometimes we want to throw in the towel because the pain is beyond description. And I'm telling you, God is in the midst of the pain. Though we can't even understand how we're going to get through the circumstance, God is in the midst of the pain. The circumstance... And he loves you. Now you may argue, you don't understand what I've done. And the stupid choices that I've made. Welcome to the human race. It's like a door slamming in my face for me to realize that I needed God. I ran from him. I saw what it meant to give your life to God and how you lose your friends. You're ripped from your home and you're brought to this place called Cairnport. (laughs) And when your sister runs away from home, the whole town comes and basically judges you that you're an awful family. And because you don't join the football team, the teachers make fun of you. Where my brother confessed that he had a beer and was excommunicated from the town. I wanted nothing, nothing to do with this hypocritical religion that they call Christianity. But in my darkest hour, when I was contemplating do I commit suicide and take my own life, God was there. And he brought me back to him. Now the door analogy, it's not an analogy. I was fiercely walking into uh, it's actually Chad's church where he grew up in, and my buddy Ben kicks the door and it hits me and I go flying. And I bawled, eighteen years old, bawling. And it wasn't because the door hurt me, it's because I realized at that moment that without him I had nothing. You may have sinned. You may have tried to run from God. Found yourself lost, hopeless, and caught up in the business of life or even forgotten about God. God is not the one that's beating you over the head of guilt and condemnation. God is that small, reassuring voice that's saying to you, I love you. I created you. And my forgiveness is truly sufficient. Jesus is in the business of reconciliation. And he'll meet you wherever you are. You saw me created before you saw who you were created me to be before I ever became me, before I'd even see the light of day. All the numbers of the days you've planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me and constantly and can sorry that you cherish me constantly in every thought oh God you desire towards me is more than the grains of sand on every shore when I awake each morning you are still with me God is passionately pursuing you before you even were born His plans for your life, if you accept them and follow Him, has already been laid out for you. God wants to come, God wants you to come to Him in your time, in your way. But He's always there, encouraging us to come to Him. Some people have used this part of the text to interpret it as predestination of our life. But I think we truly have free choice. I don't think we're just mere puppets acting out a script that God has ordained. But that God is outside of time because he created time and he knows the beginning from the end. He knows everything that will ever happen, every choice that we could possibly possibly make, no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the outcome, he knows it. God loves us and desires a relationship with us. And his grace is sufficient for anything we may be struggling with. This part of the scripture where he talks about bloodthirsty men always confuse me. Here's a passionate God talking about, it, and then he's like, Away oh, from me, you bloodthirsty men. But let's read it. Oh God, come and slay the bloodthirsty, murderous men, for I cry out, Depart from me, you wicked ones. See how they blaspheme your sacred name, and lift up up themselves against you, but all in vain. Lord, I cannot see how I... Lord, can't you see how I despise those who despise you? For I grieve when I see them rise up against you. I have nothing but complete hatred and disgust for them. Your enemies are my enemies. God, I invite you I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find if there's anything that may be hidden within me. And put me to the test. Sift through any and all my anxious cares. And if there's any path of pain I'm walking on, lead me back to your glorious everlasting way. The path that brings me back to you. I believe that these few verses all go together. Have you ever noticed that your biggest pet peeve is something you're guilty of? Like, if your pet peeve is people smacking their lips or eating really loud or licking their fingers, that you're probably the biggest culprit. I believe when David said, Bloodthirsty, I hate them. The bloodthirsty, blaspheming, murderous men. That he was scared that he could become and fall away from the Creator God. I know how David feels in these verses. I know when. You give in to your fleshly desires and you're like, I hate that. I don't want that. I want to be more like you, God. I want God to help me know myself and to help me not to fall and stumble and to walk with Him. I want God to help me be less of me and be more of him. I think we sometimes forget that God is in the business of reconciliation. I think sometimes we believe that we have to have everything put together before we can come to God. That before we even walk in the church, we've got to make sure that everything is good. That I just have to get right. I just have to purify myself. I just have to get back in the Word. But when we forget that God has already accepted you, He knows the beginning from the end, He is everywhere. He knows every thought. He still desires a relationship with you. He knows even our darkest times. He knows that we need what we need. That all we need to do Isn't purify, it's just turn back towards Him. And He will lead us through. I don't know where you are today. There's been some dark times. And it's not new, it always seems to be that way. COVID is coming and passing, it is a disease but it is divided families. It has physically hurt us, but it can't tear us away from the love of God. People have lost loved ones. People have lost relationships. It's hard to have even conversations that are even... Away from it. I liked what Chad said when he came here and preached. I hear a lot about COVID, but I don't hear a lot about Jesus. God knows you and knows where you're at, knows what you've done, and He's right there. I'm not saying He's going to take this disease away, I'm not saying He's going to protect you from this disease. But I am saying that even when you're lying there and you're in the darkest part, God is right there with you. And he can turn your darkness to light in your heart. Give your life to God. You'll never regret it. I'm not saying it will be easy. Far from it. we did a, a, a Bible study with Shane and Shane. And they did a lot of, um, they took the Psalms and they sung them. I would like you to listen to what their version of Psalm 139 is. Now, for those who are wondering, that wasn't actually covered in the part of the Bible study. But I really like that version. Will you pray with me? I love, Lord, that you know every word that I'm about to utter before I even speak it. I love that I can't flee from you. I can't hide from you. But you're there in our circumstances. That you're the great comforter. You know what we're going through because you already know. But you became flesh and you dwelled among us, Lord. And I thank you for that. And because of that, you understand our circumstances. Lord, I pray for anyone here who is struggling with understanding their relationship with you. That you would bring them back to you, Lord. Lord, I pray for anyone who feels that the darkness is just overwhelming and they can't even breathe. That you would be with them, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we can praise you on the good times and the bad Lord I pray that you would help us move your ministry forward use us fallen people not perfect sometimes weird to move your kingdom forward Lord I pray that as we worship you, we would understand who you are. And we would passionately pursue you as you passionately pursue us. In Jesus' name.